Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling podcast, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. And I am David Hoffeld, and I'm joined by Carl Polson. And Carl, the question I have for you as we kick off today's podcast is what recent other podcasts besides this one or TV shows um, have you recently been watching that you've enjoyed and, and uh, you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, a, a great podcast that I've been listening to actually is about the trial of the Claremont serial killer, which is a really interesting case from Australia, where for years, almost 25 years, uh, the police thought this one individual was responsible for um, a, a few a few pretty bad killings, and they found out through DNA evidence it was the wrong person. So it's a, it, it kind of covers the court case of how they found the actual suspect. And it's a really, really eye-opening, um, eye-opening podcast into what technology and DNA has done for being able to solve cold cases and crimes. So what about yourself? It's interesting. Uh, let's see. For me, um, yeah, for recently, a couple things. Um, I have uh, been learning a little bit of uh, jujitsu. So I've been watching a really good jujitsu practitioner um, with COVID, it's so hard to do jujitsu right now. So um, Roy Dean, I uh, got a video I've been watching and kind of practicing that. And then also a really good uh, boxing video. I know you and I, Carl, have talked about that. I'm getting more in the boxing now. So also a Ten- Tenny Atlas um, uh, video on the basics of boxing, boxing, some really good insight there. So Tenny Atlas, for our listeners who might not know who that is, uh, was one of the gentlemen who trained a young Mike Tyson. Uh, so really a lot of great insights there. So that's what I've been kind of uh, kind of odd. Thought I'd share that today because it's kind of not things people normally typically um, think I would be doing. But that's something I'm into right now. So jujitsu and boxing. So yeah, anyway. Yeah, one of those. One, you're definitely right. One of those things that we with with COVID is is a little bit trickier to yeah, really yep. fully kind of train and live out. But hopefully, hopefully soon, um, the in person trainings and and workouts will be will be able to uh, will be able to do those. So I know today, David, we're talking about a really important why, and that's why number four: why you and your company. Um, to get started, can you give our listeners an overview of what why number four is and what what it's all about. Yeah, so we're continuing our series of those six whys. We've covered the first three in the previous three podcasts. Well, why change? Why now? Why your industry solution? So now we get to that why number four, which is why you and your company. And this is a, a big one uh, because obtaining a strong commitment to this why is really a key part of that buying process because when your potential clients do commit to you and your company they are both less likely to consider other competing options so this is often a a really important why and from what i've found historically working with companies all across the world all different kind of companies 
This is usually one that companies are more attuned to than some of the other whys. Sometimes when I teach the six whys, uh, you know, uh, salespeople will say, okay, I really haven't been focusing on, you know, these, some of a few of these whys like I should have been, and they make corrections there. But normally they say that they have been focusing on really presenting a strong business case for why really their company, why should they a buyer do business with them versus the uh, other competing options. However, what I found is there is a very common mistake salespeople make when addressing this why that causes them to really struggle with getting a commitment to it. So even though many salespeople are really attuned to this why during their presentation, they often do so in a way that doesn't compel buyers to give strong commitments. So though it might be a why you'd say, hey, David, I'm addressing this. Are you addressing it well? And how can we improve in that area? Because this, Carl, is a very, very important part of the buying process. Absolutely. And I think with this why, like all whys, there are challenges to overcome in regards to obtaining commitment to it. So what challenges do you you feel rise the most around this why? Yeah, the biggest thing I see with this why is that oftentimes when people address it, they simply brag about their company and the accolades the company has and the partnerships and all these kind of great things. People will often tell me, you know, their biggest asset is their people, um, you know, the great people that work at this great company that's doing great things, right? And so they start bragging about it. And so the reality is, I think we all need to think through is our buyers really don't care. And when I, when I say don't care, I mean at all. Like they are not the least bit curious on the number of awards your company has, has acquired over the years. Uh, and when you tell them you have the best people, like if you think of the best of the best people in this industry, we we got them. Uh, they don't care about that either. What buyers care about, and this is kind of the missing piece when, when salespeople often address their company, and they often brag on those accolades. Buyers don't care because buyers are just like everyone else. What do they care about? Themselves, right? They care about me. And so a lot of times I see salespeople talk about their company and list all these wonderful things the company does, but they really don't apply it to the buyers. How would that impact them in meaningful ways? It's just this list of great things about the company and buyers gone and they kind of disengage and think about something more interesting, which for them is probably almost anything else. And so there's this disconnect where salespeople think I'm really selling the company because I'm sharing how great we are how all the things we've done, how great our people are, the best of the best, you know, our, our CEO cares about employees, you know, he's so approachable or she's so approachable, our managers, we really can And people are like, uh, well, I don't, right? It's, it, so it's not about them. And that's often the big disconnect is when we just talk about our companies and what we do, and we don't connect that to what buyers care about, buyers are bored. And anytime buyers are bored, they are less likely to buy. That's really good insight because I know I know myself, I, I've probably made this mistake early on in my career and I've seen it happen a, a ton with, with other salespeople too, where we forget that 
like you said, the buyer, they don't care about us at all. Like you said, at all. Um, and the more we talk about ourselves and just brag, it's one of the quickest ways to lose a sale. So constantly reminding yourself of, of why number four is something that has really transformed my career. And for our listeners, how do you go about gaining commitment to this why? Yeah, that's an important question. So let's kind of dive into that. There's one big insight that I want to share that came out in, in the research on this why. And that is something that kind of surprised me when I first ran into it. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. And that is people often judge the company by the salesperson they're dealing with. And if we take a step back and think about in our own personal lives, and that all of us have at one time or another sworn off doing business with a company because we were mistreated by a customer service rep or a salesperson or someone in that organization. So we said, this multi-billion dollar organization, I'm never doing business with them because Bob said something to me that I thought was rude, right? And so the, the way our brains work is if they trust you as a salesperson, it's often very easy to get them to trust uh, the company. So salespeople have a lot of sway in this. And that gives us a, a number of big insights. Number one, one of the things that we can do to make an immediate impact here is how we sell, how we interact with buyers. I found over the years that when I see good salespeople selling, when you interview their, their clients, it's very easy. Those clients really do trust the company because they trust the salesperson. Likewise, underperformers where they're struggling to get their potential clients to trust them, that lack of trust also is transferred to the company as well. So number one, how you're selling matters, especially with so much uh, parity with companies. Oftentimes when you read the accolades of companies like on their website, and then you go to a competitor and you read those accolades and about them, it's almost indistinguishable. So how we sell, the person who represents the company to that buyer matters a great deal. So really conveying your expertise, giving value on every single sales call. I know that's something, Carl, we've talked about a lot is every time you have an interaction with a potential client, only striving to give them some meaningful value uh, and they'll see you as a value creator. And that just makes it easier to get this commitment. But after you have really been focusing on how you're presenting uh, yourself and as you present your company, it's not bad if you talk about your accolades and some of the great things within your organization, if you can connect it to what matters to them. So for example, uh, if when you say things like, you know, Carl, I know a while ago, you had mentioned how important it was when looking for a provider that you had someone who would really give you timely customer service. And that's something we're focused on as well. And then going into the value your company provides in the area of timely customer service, but making it clear and clearly connecting it to what that buyer cares about. That's a much, that'll be perceived much differently than if I just say, Carl, we're really proud of our customer service. We have industry-leaning customer service. And you're like, oh, okay, good for you, right? But how does that relate to me? So when you can connect the dots really clearly 
and speak specifically to what that customer said they wanted that you learned in your discovery, then it becomes really meaningful value. And then that builds that, that trust and will foster the commitment. And then on this why, um, I advocate for asking for a strong commitment as well. So what could that sound like? Let me give you a couple uh, examples. So I've presented uh, about my company, right? And you've presented all these things. You've connected them to what your buyer cares about. And then you can say, um, ask the second level questions like, based on what you know about our company, are we the provider you'd like to work with on this project? Or uh, based on, and then share some of the value that you just shared about what your company delivers, are we the company you'd feel comfortable recommending to the board, right? So I want to get a commitment to my organization. And if you present a lot of value, it's very then easy to do that with some of those questions. I just gave you two of them that you can take and kind of modify. But this is something you want to ask because if there is some doubt, you can address it. And we've talked about how to do that. In, um, in other podcasts as well as in my book and in all of our trainings that people can check out. But getting that commitment will really help advance the sale forward. So focus on how you sell, focus on connecting the value of your company to what that potential client really cares about, and then ask for that commitment. And that'll help you and them get a really deep understanding of, what do I really think about this company? And is this Am I willing to commit? If not, address it. If so, then you know you've addressed this why accurately, and now you can move forward to the next. That's fantastic stuff, as as always, David. And I think that for our listeners, um, really, really being able to to go back to focusing on the buyer, and that's that's what this is all about. Is is a buyer-centric approach to two sales, I think that this why really encapsulates that, really focusing not on yourself, not bragging about you or your company, but connecting what matters to the buyer, uh, to, to, to how your product or service is able to solve what they care about or help with what they care about. So until next time, David, I hope you have a great, great week, and we will be talking very soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Carl.